Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. How is everybody? Hey, how about them Bulldogs? Great win this past Friday night. Where's this? Veda in here? Where's Veda? There's Veda. Coach Veda. Any of our coaches in here today? Any of our other coaches? Man, we celebrate them Bulldogs. Man, come on. We're all about the city of Crestview. And uh, baby, we love our Bulldogs. Great job, coach. Great job. And you know what I love about it? Uh, our young men are becoming just that. They're no longer boys. They're becoming men. Thanks for your leadership. I appreciate that, coach. Appreciate y'all and all the coaches. Yeah, give them a hand. Yeah. Uh, my son uh, is a freshman, and they bumped him up to play, and, 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 and the other team was playing so dirty, I prayed for him not to get in the game. I said, Lord, please uh, preserve my son. Just hold him on the sideline just a little longer, Jesus, a little longer. Maybe this week. We'll see. But uh, all joking aside, we do celebrate uh, what God is doing all throughout our city. Amen. Um, guys, today I'm going to preach really fast to you because I've got a lot of ground to cover. We're starting a new series. Uh, the series is uh, on the topic of vision. Uh, and I've named the series just that, vision, because uh, I don't want to mince words. I don't want to waste time. Uh, a lot of you um, have experienced what it is to operate and function in accordance to a vision. Uh, if you work for a company, believe it or not, that company has a vision. Most of the time is to make a profit, uh, but there is a mission statement or a vision statement attached to that. Uh, some of you are ministers of the gospel, and God has given you a vision. Personally, can I tell you that uh, while God has given Hope City a vision. He has also given each one of us a vision independently on what he would have us do independently of ourselves. And so today, uh, I'm, I'm excited to teach this. I have been marinating on this for over a year, uh, waiting for the right time, and I believe uh, the timing is now. Uh, I believe the timing is to bring you up to speed on what God is doing at Hope City and where we are going. Um, I will start by saying this. Um, the only place right now where you can see all 14 acres on Dugan Avenue completely developed and functioning is right here in my mind. And I live there. I function there. I'm already planning events for buildings that haven't been built yet. I'm already planning city events for the green space with the amphitheater. I'm already planning events in, in areas that don't exist yet. Why? Because God has called me into a vision, and when he's called you into a vision, you function in things that haven't gotten here yet. And, and you, you need to get this uh, today because if you don't get what's coming today, the next three weeks are going to just leave you in dust. So pick up what I'm laying down today, and I'm going to teach it fast, but I'll go over it a couple times because I want you to pick up what I'm laying down. Uh, first thing I want you to know is that vision is the most powerful force on earth. It is the most powerful force on earth. Um, vision is this. It's the ability to see the invisible in order to make it a possibility. It's, it's the ability to see the invisible in order to make it a possibility. Vision is God's plan for earth injected into the minds of humans in order to bring heaven to earth. Okay, 
And the reason why this is important is because you're going to see some characteristics of vision that are a little bit scary. One of the characteristics about vision is that it's always too big for you to carry alone. God has to surround you with the right people to bring your vision to fruition. Uh, a God vision is always way too big for where you are currently uh, uh, able to sustain it yourself. And so today we're going to talk about vision. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll talk about vision. I'll give some characteristics. I'll go back and forth. And then I'm going to tell you a story to finish up the morning. Um, vision is a look at the future while still in the present. It's a look at the future while still being in the present. We get the word vision from the Greek word optica. It literally means coming into view, developing in our vision, coming to life before our very eyes. Um, the greatest enemy to spiritual vision is your natural vision. What you see or what you do not see will cause you to stutter in your step. Because what you see in the natural does not equate to what God is calling you to in the supernatural. If you look around, it doesn't make sense for a church that started a year and a few months ago to be taking on a multi-million dollar project like we're going to start in the next few months. It makes zero sense. But somehow the bank is letting us move forward. Can I tell you, when the vision of God speaks to a banker, something's happening. Amen. <laughs> Never had banks line up to give me money in my life. Part of vision. Vision is, a lot of times it flies in the face of what our eyes can see. You see, natural vision is what we see with our eyes, but spiritual vision is what our natural eyes can get in the way of us seeing. You need to get that. Because too many people function in the comfortable. And God doesn't understand comfortable faith. He understands crazy faith. He understands wonder-working power faith. He understands ocean-parting faith. Do you understand faith in tiny amounts is doable by man? But faith without hindrance has to have a God behind it. So I want you to see all these characteristics because what I'm trying to do is encapsulate what vision is while also casting off the restraint of what vision isn't today. Vision combines your hindsight and insight to create foresight. I'll say that one again because I don't want you to miss this. Vision combines your hindsight and insight to create foresight. And let me, let me put that in, 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 in more common terms. Vision demands the strength and training of your past along with your current faith 
to enable us to see what others do not yet see. I have to be honest with you. At this point in my leadership, I'm living about 10 years in the future. I occasionally come back to the present for meetings and counseling. But I'm living 10 years in the future of this vision. I've seen what Hope City is going to be. I've seen why it has to be. And I've seen the people who are waiting on us. We don't have a choice. Well, the scripture says, once you lay your hand to a plow, that's your plow. We got some plowing to do in their city. Amen. So if vision combines all the strength, my training, my past, my faith currently to show me what's coming. If I was to put that in more common terms, I would tell you that everything you've experienced in this life is not for waste. Even your losses will be put to your victories. Even the times you thought you just took an L, you gleaned some wisdom. And God will call on that wisdom to bring your vision that he's given you to fruition. So I guess what I'm saying is some of y'all need to give God some glory for some losses. You see, we don't understand because we function in a natural mind. But the more we feed the spirit, the more our supernatural mind begins to take traction. And as the supernatural mind takes traction, we start outrunning the timeline of this earth. Because we begin living in the tomorrows of heaven today. That is called vision. What does God want to take my life for tomorrow that I will sacrifice to him today? That's vision. Here's a main thought for you. Why is it so important for you to live in the future? Why is it so important? Because you can't create what you can't conceive. You cannot build what you can't think about. You see, like I said earlier, see, I've already filled up my wife's water jug in the water fountains that have the extra spout that fills up the water bottles at the Hope Center that we haven't broke ground on yet. I've already seen your children giving their lives to Christ in the children's facilities. Can I tell you, at this point, what God is doing in our church, I have to live in the future. I don't have a choice. It's moving faster. And here's what's really scary. Let your minds relax because you'll go cross-eyed if you don't. I lived in this moment two years ago. 
the day-to-day functions of our church went through my mind years ago. And time is just catching up to the vision. Boy, don't lose that. See, some of you are so caught up with the day-to-day that you never get to enjoy the power of vision. And here's the truth. The reason why you are caught up in the day-to-day is because the devil is afraid of you tied up in your vision. Because the minute you get past the day-to-day fear, you start thinking about the year-to-year faith. And you see God on a bigger scale. And when you take a 30,000-foot view of God, he never loses. So the devil keeps you focused on what you need for today because if he can, if God can just for one second get you to step back with his view and his perspective on what he's done in your life, it changes everything. But that's why most, sadly most, will never learn to function in their vision because they never get past that comfort of the day-to-day. It is not comfortable living in vision. It is not comfortable seeing a future that needs more than you have ever had in your life. And it will take more than you can imagine to bring to pass what God has put in you to bring out in you. So here's some characteristics of God-given vision. It will always work in your natural gifting and calling. God wastes nothing. He knit you together with a specific purpose, and your natural giftings are in line with your vision. Next, God-given vision always benefits the kingdom of God. Always. Your vision doesn't line up with the word, God didn't give it to you. You could have gave it to yourself. It's all right. Don't expect God's help on it. God-given vision always fulfills the carrier of the vision. Let me explain that. Have you ever worked at a job that did not fulfill you? Some of y'all here right now just about snapping your neck, waving me down, right? Vision is not that way. Wendy and I, on a regular basis, put in 90 hours a week, and we love it. It's like burning on rocket fuel because we're not living in the day-to-day anymore. We're burning vision fuel now. And vision fuel hits a little different. It allows you to recognize that your actions are not just for you, but for generations to come. I was on the phone with the the company that we're talking to about the, the steel building. And I said, well, what kind of warranties are involved? He goes, well, the, 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 the baked-on finish is a 50-year 
the, the steel structure is an 80 year. And the frame and the subframe and all this stuff is like another 60 years. And I just picking my son up from football practice and I looked and I said, good. Good. This building isn't for, isn't for us anyway. God does not build for singular generations. Right? If he did, he would have made the Garden of Eden to only produce fruit one time. But the Bible says that he created trees that yielded fruit, that yielded seed, that yielded trees, that yield fruit, that yield seed, that yield trees, that yield fruit, that yield trees, right? God is about systems that expand, that outlive us. God-given vision always goes beyond what our natural capabilities are. And that includes our life expectancy. You know what I hope? I hope you guys are recording this message. I want you to play it at my funeral. Because I'm well aware that this vision will outrun me. And I'm well aware that if we steward this vision correctly, it will be there for strength for our children and our children's children. That's a God-sized vision. You know, it goes beyond natural capabilities in that I look around and I've been in finance, I've been in, God uses everything that I've done in the past to this point, but it goes so much further beyond what my experience is. I've never built a concert hall in an amphitheater. But can I tell you, we're going to do it on that 14 acres. That way we can enjoy the three comfortable days a year in Florida. <laughs> but God is calling us to far, far outran my comfort zone about two and a half years ago. And I want to give you a warning that God's vision for your life will call you to step out of your comfort. Don't be like me. I sat on this vision for a year. I sat on Hope City for a year. And for the sake of dissecting the problem so that you don't have the same problem, let me explain to you where the fear came from. It was a fear of losing comfort in a paycheck. I had a great job at a great church. I had a good paycheck. And I knew, huh, 
once I stepped into this vision, I was stepping out of the covering of another man's vision. And he was no longer responsible for my bills anymore. Can I tell you, I waited a year in vain because the minute I stepped, so did God. You see, when you step, you step into what God had prepared before time began. And we operate on a timeline that vision doesn't really play nice with. Vision is aggressive. Vision takes no prisoners. Vision doesn't look back. But our flesh has got to be completely crucified in order for us to function in vision. If not, you'll be like me and you'll let fear and comfort hold you back. What I didn't see was the power of vision. What I didn't see is the all-sufficiency of God waiting on my step. And so, Wendy and I prayed about it, and we prayed about it, and we prayed about it, and we even argued about it. Until one day I told her, I said, we've got to step into this. And I'll never forget, we're having a conversation. We're like, yeah, what's the rush? And then I told her, I said, what if our vision is linked to people who are waiting? Which brings me to my next point. Your vision is always connected to people. And it will always take the assistance of others. So I told Wendy, I said, we're going to step out in faith. And boy, what a faith step it was. Vision will take you places that you never knew existed in the world of faith. But you don't have a choice. When vision is on the line, you just have to step. You just got to go. And so we stepped out. out of comfort, out of fear, and into faith and into vision. Not recognizing that they are the pivot on the seesaw of eternity. Think about that. Fear, comfort, are tools the enemy uses to prevent us from stepping out in faith into vision. They are counterproductive. So we stepped out in faith, and can I tell you, God was so faithful that the first day we stepped out in faith, Bree and T.C. Cooley stepped out with us. And I looked at T.C. and I said, hang on, man, hang on. He goes, no, I'm stepping out too. I said, no, no, hang on, wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 just wait. He said, no, man. He said, I've been feeling it. I'm ready to go. Wendy called Bree and she said, we're in it with you. We're going. I said, I wish I knew where. <laughs> And all I had to give them was a name. 
Hope City. You know what they said? That's enough. God will put visionary, walking, faith-filled people in your path. That they'll make that leap of faith with you. Here's what's really incredible. Is we all took the step the same day. Out of comfort, out of fear, into faith, into vision. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. I had a man call me. And he said, I need you to meet me at McDonald's. I said, which one? He goes, whichever one you're closest to. I met him at McDonald's. And he said, I'm not really sure what the Lord's doing in your life. He goes, but I want to invest in it. I ain't told nobody. I mean, there was very, TC, you remember this. He handed me two checks. And he said, this is for you and somebody stepping out with you to cover your salaries for two months. Hang on, hang on. Then he handed me another check. And he said, this should about cover the first six months of operations for whatever you're doing. Within 24 hours of stepping out. I looked at Wendy. I said, what were you waiting on, woman? (laughs) Oh, ye of little faith. (laughs) Leads me to my next point. God-given vision will always increase my faith. You step out into nothingness and you realize it's not nothing. God's been building for decades the opportunity for you to step into. More than that, he's been designing since before the world was created. The moment that you're afraid to step into, God has been intricately networking to bring the people together. I'll never forget a friend of mine, Jason Hall was doing the music, helping us when we first got started. Ever grateful to Hall. I told him, I said, hey, we don't have any uh, uh, music equipment. He goes, well, we need something by this weekend. I said, "Uh uh, uh-oh. He goes, don't worry. God will provide. Rob Bounds had gone to a garage sale at a church and bought like all of Kiss's road equipment or something. (laughs) There was so much sound equipment. TC, you remember that? And Rob said, hey, man, y'all know Rob, the bass player. Rob's so hyped up. Hey, man, we can blast all of Crestview out with this stuff. (laughs) I said, I don't need all that, you know. Leave the face paint at home. Just bring me some speakers and some... You know, let me let me plug in some instruments and let's do this thing. And we met with borrowed equipment at the football stadium and 605 people showed up. And we haven't gone back since. We've seen God's goodness ever since. And here's what's crazy. Let me just let me just nudge your faith a little bit more. Jayhaw gets back to me with a price of the equipment, the sound equipment. 
to be excellent, to pull off services. I said, oof, that's going to take a major portion of our operating expense. But I said, hey, Lord, you brought it, and we'll trust you in it. At the same time, uh, some friends came to the table, and they said, God told us to give you this amount of money to cover the sound equipment. When that check went to the bank, we sent the sound company the check. There was $7 left. Can I tell you, vision is more real than what you see. What you see will lie to you. The devil will lose, he, he will use your realities against you. And the whole time, the Spirit of the living God is calling you into bigger. Maybe scary, sure. That's just unknown. That's just your flesh dying. Don't be worried about that. Let that flesh go ahead and die. The more your flesh dies, the, the more God can use you. Always increases my faith. I always ask for more than I have to give. Because it has to get me outside of myself and into God. So, I don't even know what time it is. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be teaching you about vision. Because some of you in here are at a place that God is desiring to use you. And he is literally by the day. Some of you, if I ask you to stand up and shout, you stand up and shout because you know the vision already. But you just let comfort and fear hold you back. And heaven just keeps on injecting this vision to you over and over and over again and you're disvaluing yourself and you're discrediting yourself. And can I tell you this? You're not letting God be God. See, God won't force you into vision. It's not His ways. But what He will do is he will entice you with his loving kindness over and over and over again and repeat that vision in your mind so many times that it feels like you live in something that hasn't been built yet. Until your comfort is now attached to what is to come. You don't have peace until you get it done. You just keep grinding every day knowing that God is good and He will provide. Amen. I'm going to save the story of Nehemiah for next week. I taught it in first service, but I'm not going to put first service on podcast. I'm going to put this one on podcast. And the reason I'm going to do that is two, two reasons. 
Number one is I feel like the Spirit has better captured the essence of vision today in second service. And I also feel like what he spoke in first service, he's wanting to speak again in that there are three people. I just feel this. I mean, there are three kinds of people. And the Lord gave me this first service and as God is, I feel the spirit of God whispering this to me even as I sit here. There are those of you who know what God's called you to. You have a vision. He's given you that vision. And for some reason or another, you're not functioning in it. And it could be fear. It could be comfort. It could be just fear of failure. Those are all legitimate fears. But can I tell you, they are far outweighed by the goodness of God. Step into the vision. And here's the best part. He doesn't call you to make giant, non-directed leaps. He just says, make steps. And here's another thing that I've learned about vision over the last few years. You don't get to see step two until you took step one. So, what do you really have to lose? Step of faith. Trust God that he gave you the vision. The second type of person that's here is a person that your vision died a long time ago. You stepped out. Maybe you took step two instead of step one or step three or four instead of step two. Who knows? Maybe you got a little ahead of yourself. Along the way, that's how dreams really die. We detach our effort from our vision and we watch it flail around because at the end of the day, our visions without us are just ideas. But a vision that connects to a visionary is more real than the chair you're sitting in. And God's called us all to be visionaries because He's called us to a life of faith that speaks aren't things that aren't as though they were. That's part of being a believer. And so today, you're here and you say, Pastor, my vision, it just died. Can I tell you, God is a God of resurrection. And your vision is not dead. I'll tell you what Jesus told the sisters of Lazarus. He said, he's at rest. I'll wake it up. Can I tell you what God speaks to has life? And if he's still speaking to your vision, it still has life. And if he's still calling you to it, there's still a people that's waiting on your vision. You see, the truth is, is that behind every vision is not a great process. There's a great people that God's calling us to reach. And so, if your vision has lost life, if maybe you just gave up on it a little too soon, 
I say, get your hands back on that plow. And you begin to trust God again. And you begin to function in faith again. And you watch him resurrect that which you thought was dead. Amen. This last group is I think the reason why I'm going to wait to teach Nehemiah until next week. The Lord laid this on my spirit so strong first service. That there are people who your vision was ministry related. It was kingdom vision. And somewhere, somehow, man tried to destroy God's vision for your life. I think there's multiple people. There's multiple people in first service. You see, when God puts a vision in your heart, like right now, my vision is, which you'll get to see the blueprints for the Hope Center in three weeks. But that's part of my vision is getting this building built. But it's not to get the building built. It's so that we can seat more people and invite more people and have more comfort for more people. That our children will have privacy and quiet rooms to learn in. To the visionary, sometimes it may look like a building, but to God it always looks like a people. You see, Nehemiah, you're going to learn this about him. Nehemiah was called to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And all he saw was walls. But God saw the temple being restored generations later. And they couldn't rebuild the temple without the walls. See, you would never know about an Ezra without a Nehemiah. Those of you who don't know the story, Ezra, God put a vision in his heart to rebuild the temple. You see, to a visionary, it may look like a structure. It may look like a process. It may look like a concept or a witty invention. But to God... There's always a soul tied to it. And so this third group of people that I, I just want to pick, just give me like three more minutes. Your vision was completely tied to God's heart. And something special about a vision that ties into a father's heart. And so I don't know who wounded you. I don't know who put the roadblocks in your path. But I want to share this with you, that God's heart still beats with your heart. And that part of the vision of Hope City is that God would send ministers of the gospel here so that we can all do this work together. You see, this isn't called Josh Nell Ministries. It never will be. It's not called the Neil Church. My kids aren't in line to be the next pastor. It's not the way we flow here. 
truth is, is anyone who has the vision for the lost is called to minister in our city. Because God is bringing together people who have been injured, who have been the world's... And I don't know why the Spirit's giving me this vision. You've been the world's roadkill. You've been run over and left. The world has been careless with you in your ministry. And I just feel the Spirit of God telling me, your labor has not been in vain. And your greatest days are ahead, not behind. That has been a common theme. That has been a common theme in my life. You got to forgive me. I just saw that. If the devil calls over, God says, hasn't really begun yet. And your mission and your redirect starts today. vision reignites today. And the Holy Spirit is calling. He's calling. So Father, wherever our people are in this walk with this vision, there may be people here who have never stepped into a vision before. Praise God, lead them there. Give them their purpose. Give them your plan. And make it so big that it scares the snot out of them. Your ways are bigger than our ways. You can take a pressure washer, a carpet cleaner, and you can launch a church and send people with sound equipment and the knowledge of websites and just you get you have done so much already that is blowing my mind and i just want to say thank you for that but i thank you for what is to come i thank you for the vision of hope city i thank you Lord, as this series continues, may our hearts abound in grace in such a way that we all will take steps of faith for our individual visions, but also for the corporate vision that is Hope City. Help us to be faithful in all things. And we'll give you the praise. Bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace, both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. But bring us back next week with more wisdom, more of your word locked away in our heart. We'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we will see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. 
We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.